In this neighborhood, however, those odds do not count. At the Farallon Islands, during the months of September through November, your chance of meeting a great white face-to-face is better than even money, should you be crazy enough or unlucky enough to end up in the water. The two men stood at the stern holding long poles capped with video cameras. There were several beats of the kind of absolute silence that you hardly ever get in life. Eerie moments when time seemed to stop and even the birds became quiet. Then, fifty yards away, the ocean swirled into a boil. The dorsal fin of myth and nightmare rose from below and came tunneling toward them like a German U-boat, creating a sizable wake. The shark made a tight pass around the boat, pulling up just short of the stern. Its body, which was almost black as it broke the surface, glowed with cobalt and turquoise highlights underwater. He's coming up, Peter yelled. The whaler rocked. A massive triangle of a head lifted out of the water and, in a surprisingly delicate way, bit the back corner of the boat. Scott leaned closer and filmed. The shark's black eyes rolled. They could plainly see the scars all over its head and its two-inch-long teeth, backed by rows of spare two-inch-long teeth. Then, as quickly as it had come, the shark slipped beneath the surface, dove under the boat, and re-emerged next to the seal. As the great white snatched the carcass, shaking it, bright orange blood burst from the sides of its mouth. "'It's bitehead,' Scott said. He broke into a full-face smile beneath his wraparound sunglasses. Ah, bitehead, Peter said. There was a moment of pleased recognition, as if greeting a fond acquaintance they had just happened to run into on the street. We've known this shark for ten years. Every September, one of the world's largest and densest congregations of great white sharks assembles in the waters surrounding the Farallon Islands, a 211-acre archipelago of ten islets in the Pacific, 27 miles due west of the Golden Gate Bridge. No one fully understands what this gathering represents, why great whites, the ocean's most solitary hunters, choose to reside for a period of time in such close quarters. What's known for sure is that the sharks remain at this location for approximately three months. And this Having studied them for over a decade and a half in the Farallon White Shark Project, Scott Anderson and Peter Pyle have discovered that year after year, the same sharks return to exactly the same spot. This annual reunion is at least partly about hunting. Despite strange inventories of items found in great white stomachs, a cuckoo clock, a fur cape, License plates and lobster traps, a buffalo head, an entire reindeer, and even, in one unlikely scenario, a man dressed in a full suit of armor. What these sharks really love to eat are seals. And the Farallons are dripping with seals. Northern elephant seals, harbor seals, fur seals, 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 all barking and bellowing, draped on the rocks like a blubbery carpet. It wasn't always this way. The island's seals, which once numbered in the tens of thousands, were hunted almost to extinction 150 years ago. 
only after Southeast Farallon Island, the largest in the group, became a wildlife refuge in 1969, did the populations begin to recover. And as the seals returned, no one was happier to see them than the sharks. In 1970, Farallon biologists witnessed their first shark attack on a stellar sea lion, a brawny animal that itself looks like a predator. During the next 15 years, more than 100 attacks on seals and sea lions were observed at close range. But the sharks were only warming up. By the year 2000, Peter and Scott were logging almost 80 attacks in a single season. Still, even accounting for the allure of a seal smorgasbord, why did these particular sharks keep returning? And why were they clustered together so tightly? No one had ever observed such behavior among great whites before. Not that anyone's had the opportunity. The Farallon Islands are the only place on Earth where it's possible to study great white sharks behaving naturally in the wild. Unsubjected, that is, to the presence and fumblings of humans. In South Africa's Shark Alley, near the town of Hans Bai, the channel is stained red with chum, and often there are a dozen boats banging up against each other while as many as sixty divers sardined into steel cages clog the thousand-yard-wide passage. In Australia, great white sharks contend with underwater electrical charges, beaches ringed by netting, trophy fishing, and more chumming. The Farallon great whites, on the other hand, are largely unharassed. They might cross paths with the occasional boatload of day-trippers from San Francisco, but they're subjected to none of the behavior-altering coercion that nature's top predators regularly endure so that people can sit in the Winnebago or tundra buggy or safari truck and get a look at them. This is important because despite their visibility at the Farallons and despite the impressive truth that sharks are so old they predate trees, Great whites have remained among the most mysterious of creatures. Even now, after the human genome has been reduced to an alphabet set and spaceships are trolling around on Mars, scientists are still missing some basic information about the species. How long do they live? Unknown. But probably at least 30 years, considering that white sharks don't mature until they're over 10 years old, all the sharks at the Farallons are adults, and some individuals have been showing up for more than a decade. There are scientists who speculate that they live as long as 60 years, but that remains unproven. Where do they mate? Or when? Or how often? Or even how? There are clues to the sex lives of great white sharks, but no facts. Scott and Peter have discovered that, while the males return annually, the females return only every other year, often with fresh, deep bites around their heads. Are these wounds related to mating? Do the females spend their off years giving birth in warmer waters? For that matter, how many great whites are there in the oceans? All of this is a complete mystery. Even the seasonal population at the Farallons is a wild guess, anywhere from 30 to 100. Then, of course, there's the question of size. Exactly how big can great white sharks get? And once again, there are no straight answers. Because their skeletons are made of cartilage rather than bone, they've left virtually no fossil record, aside from teeth. The largest great white shark to have been caught and measured was 21 feet long, 
but there have been credible, if unverifiable, reports of much larger animals. Nothing would be too surprising. Sharks are the heavyweight champions of evolution. They've been fine-tuning their act for ages, hundreds of millions of years before party-crashing humans were even a glimmer in the primordial eye. They're resistant to infections, circulatory disease, and, to a large extent, cancer. They heal rapidly from severe injuries such as lacerated corneas or deep gouges. Everything about the animal is stacked toward survival. From the moment baby whites are born, four-foot-long replicas of their mother, they are already in pursuit of their first meal. From hundreds of yards away, they can detect .005 millivolt electrical impulses given off by their prey's heartbeat. Like the great white itself, the Farallon Islands are a nearly perfect freak of nature. Their ecology is a house of cards, an intricate confluence of ocean and seals and birds and sharks, all circling back on each other, everything existing in sublime balance. But in nature, complexity also means fragility. Though the islands are part of the 1,255-square-mile gulf of the Farallon's National Marine Sanctuary, that sanctuary happens to straddle the West Coast's busiest shipping lanes. In 1971, 840,000 gallons of oil oozed into the Gulf of the Farallons, killing more than 20,000 seabirds. Thirteen years later, in 1984, a tanker exploded and deposited 1.4 million gallons of crude. And right now, hundreds of ships are scattered on the nearby seafloor, poised to begin blurping up oil like toxic lava lamps as the salt water slowly eats away their hulls. Factor in the presence of a sunken...